You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning, dear church, dear brothers and sisters. My name is Linda. I'm one of the pastors here, and that is such a privilege for me. So I speak the word of the Lord Jesus Christ over you today, and I ask that you just open your hearts. The message is simple, the transforming love of Jesus Christ. That's simple, and we're gonna keep it simple. So let's not miss what I believe the Lord has for us today. It's been on my heart all week as I've been getting ready for the privilege and the joy of sharing the Word of God. So remember that we've been talking about transformation. And what does that highfalutin word sound? What, what does that word connotate in us? It is change. That's all that big word means, change. And change with the Lord happens from the inside out, doesn't it? And there's evidence on our countenances. There's evidence on our words. There's evidence on our service and our behavior that this transformation is taking place. We can see it in each other. I can see it in you. Every time I behold you, I see a little more of what God's doing. Thank you, Matt. Matt's shaking his head yes. God's transforming love. So we're going to look at Mary of Bethany today. There are many Marys in the Bible because that was a very popular name. A very, I think that was a very blessed name in those days of Jesus. And so this is Mary of Bethany. We know her from being the sister of Lazarus and the sister of Martha. So Susie's gonna put that first slide up and we're gonna take a quick look at John 12, one through three. I've got two scriptures that I'm gonna hook this message on today. And remember, we are still under the, the presence and the name of Jesus. Let's not separate the word and the worship. So six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And here a dinner was given in Jesus's honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. And then Mary, took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and poured it upon Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. Imagine that, guys. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now, I'm going to talk in a minute about the worship that represents. But that's what's happening in our midst today. The fragrance of the worship is filling the air. And remember, where the Lord is, the atmosphere changes. So I'm, I'm setting you up to be expectant for what God is doing today. Let's go to our second scripture then, the one out of Luke 10, 
38 to 42. I'm going to uh, paraphrase through parts of that, but part of it's up here on the screen. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening. She wasn't doing anything. She was listening. She was being in his presence and listening and paying attention to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all of those things that come with having an important guest in our home. And all of you ladies, whether you're a Mary or a Martha by wire, by how God made you, you know that that's true, right? When someone's coming and you men, I know you're getting the yard all cleaned up for when guests are coming, everybody's getting ready. And so there's no disparaging here on the person who readies the home. So after Martha says to the Lord, Lord, I'm doing all the work. Can't you tell Mary to get up and help me? Jesus says this, Martha, you are distracted and worried about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is best and it will not be taken from her. If we knew Jesus was coming to our house today for Mother's Day, what would we be doing? Would we be running around preparing our homes and our meal? I would. Or would we be preparing to sit at his feet? I think we can see from these scriptures two values. One value is relationship. Jesus died died for our relationship with Father God. So we know the importance, the value, the worth that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit place on relationship. And we have to remember as we're preparing for Jesus, not to let the formalities of getting ready and preparing ever, ever take the place of relationship, of vital, living relationship, intimate relationship, one-on-one. She sat at his feet. So she was probably sitting on his feet, looking up at Jesus. Don't you imagine? Isn't that how you see that? Face to face. And then she takes an alabaster jar, the scripture says, and I looked alabaster up, and I didn't understand too much of what I read, but my sense is that it's a white jar made of some really hard stuff. (laughs) Nard is a very beautiful, expensive ointment. The spice comes from northern India, and it's red, and it's sweet, and again, very expensive. And my, my sense of this, and I cannot say that the scripture validates this, but my, just my own sense of this is that this was a jar of anointment 
anointing oil that was Mary's dowry. I believe she was a virginal woman living under her brother's roof. And I believe that had been saved for her marriage dowry. It doesn't say that, but how did she happen to come into possession of that? How had that been given to her? And she broke it. And she wrapped it all over. She wiped it all over Jesus' feet. And then she wiped his feet with her hair. Now, can you think of a more intimate act of worship where self is totally put away and you think only of your Savior and showing you him how much you love him? Extravagant worship, right? Uh, it, I don't know if any of you have heard the daily connections here over the last couple of weeks, but one that our worship leader did a couple of weeks ago talked about worship and how it needs to involve all of us and how it needs to be extravagant. So truly in that day, that was extravagant, right? That beautiful jar of oil that expensive jar, it was called nard, N-A-R-D. And then the wiping of Jesus' feet with her hair. Again, so intimate. Women in those days did not unveil their hair. And so the fact that she wiped the Savior's feet with her hair, uh, I can't think of anything more intimate in that day. As I was bringing this forth, a labor of love, this week I felt the Lord say, after I was studying this particular worship, I felt the Lord say this, the heart that is laid bare in relationship and worship is the heart that I write on. I mold and form this heart into the vessel for my glory and my purpose. Oh, the heart I love and delight in. There's not much more that I'm going to say about that. But I want to ask you this question. How can we position ourselves today like Mary did? How can we position ourselves at the feet of our Lord? How can we worship our living God so that we're positioned to have that relationship, that relationship that transforms our hearts inside to out, right? Well, there are several ways. And one of the most important, and I think probably is the most important, is that we seek God out. Remember, he says, seek, from, seek me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then what does it say? And I will be found by you. When God sees a hungry heart, he doesn't go, oh, no, I'm too, oh, I'm, I'm late, sorry. No. He says, come on, bring it on. Spending time with him. You know, that has to be intentional. 
And at first, it's going to be just a discipline. I'm going to do this, Lord, because you love me, and I love you, and you want me to come be with you. Your word tells me to draw near to you, and you will draw near to me. It may be an act of obedience and discipline to get started with, especially if you're setting your alarm late or early to get up. But you know, after a while, it becomes a part of life. You get to the point where you, you can't think about living without spending time with your best friend, with your first love. It becomes life-giving to spend that time, that intentional time with the Lord. That relationship, that habit of spending time with the Lord will grow, as does any relationship in which we invest. When we invest time, when we invest love, when we invest service, when we invest prayer, is that relationship going to grow? Yes. Yes, even maybe with somebody that you're struggling with. A spouse, a child, a coworker. That happened to me in my work setting when I was still teaching at the college. I had a teammate that I really had to interface with on a regular basis, and she and I were just wired, totally separate. And uh, we rubbed each other the wrong way. And the thing is, we knew it. She was a godly woman, and she, we both knew that things were, were tough between us. But as we continued to meet together, as we continued to talk together, as we continued to serve the college together, it became apparent that we both had the same goal, and that was to make sure our students did well, graduated, and got a job. We agreed on that. And before I left, we were praying together. So invest this time. Invest this time with the Lord. The dividends are extravagant. The dividends are eternal. Another thing we can do is what we're doing today, worship. Worship, worship, worship. And that can take on so many different forms. We see flags, we see dancing. That's one thing Kim and I have been talking about lately dancing. It could be just before the Lord at home. It can be here. That's one reason I wanted Brenda to come up with the flags. A full body response. I know sometimes at home without any instrument, I'm sitting, talking to the Lord, I'm praying to the Lord, and all of a sudden I start singing to the Lord to a tune I already probably know, but I'm adding the words of the Lord. So you don't even have to make up a melody. That's the hard part sometimes. But the Lord will give you his words, and you can sing it accordingly. So worship. We have corporate worship here, and for those of you online, some of you know we have other opportunities here. We have three watches during the week, most weeks. We have a, a Thursday afternoon watch and a Wednesday morning watch, and then, as Mike Mulvaney said, he has a watch on Thursday evenings. Plenty of time to worship. So if you're not able to worship alone, if you're not able to put in a CD and, and worship, that's okay, guys. Maybe that feels a little awkward to you. Come to the building where worship lives. 
because Jesus lives. His presence lives here. Come and worship. Talking with him in prayer. Talking. Not formal prayer, guys. Talking with the Lord. Sharing your heart. Psalm 62, 8. Pour out your hearts before him. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Approach the Lord with thanksgiving. Offer your petitions and your cares to him. And what follows? The peace of the Lord. Prayer. It can be as formal as you want it to be. God receives that. It can be as informal as you need it to be. God just sees your heart. Prayer. Loving and serving others. That's the last point I'm going to make today. That's a way we position ourselves for a relationship with Jesus. We love and serve his body. Remember it says in 1 John, if you don't love the brethren, you don't love God. Loving the brethren, walking that out in acts of service, in acts of love, in acts of encouragement, in acts of prayer for one another, demonstrates that we're sold out. We're sold out to Jesus, right? We're sold out to Jesus. And so that's a very, as James talks, that's a very important part of positioning ourselves for relationship with God. Because not only does that position us well in relationship, it, it's, it cries out to the world. There is a God who loves. He loves so well. He loves so mightily. He loves so powerfully. Look at his people. And we're to go to the nations, right? Go to the nations. And so our loving lives, our loving characters, display Christ. The evidence of the transforming process of Jesus within us. So as I got to thinking about all this, about the ways that we position ourselves, much as Mary and Martha did in their day, I realized that that summary in Acts 2, 42 through 47, summarizes how we're to live among each other and thereby display the evidence of Christ within us. So I've got the first verse on a slide, and then I want to read the rest of it to you. I want you to listen to me, not watch the slide. Oops, sorry. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. Mutually linked. As I read in preparation for today, I read this in one of the commentaries I read. To devote ourselves to one another and to God means to exert a great effort to persist in doing something. To, pers to exert a great effort to persist in doing something. So that indicates usually an action that is continuous and habitual. We're devoted to Jesus. We're devoted to one another. 
So I'll read the rest of this. And from here, then, we're going to take communion together. Isn't that wonderful that we get to commune together? So their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many signs and wonders. I want to see signs and wonders rise up from this environment. Nothing needs to constrain Jesus' manifestation among us. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. And my Bible says, and particularly at the vineyard at Mount Comfort, does that, is that in anybody else's Bible? Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need. My gosh, I can't think of it. I can't count the number of times that people have helped out my husband and I. We live in a body that cares for each other. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion, sharing meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with the praises of God and enjoying the favor of all people and of God. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.